Hello and welcome to the podcast series called Behind the Athlete. My name is Raf Agostino and I have the privilege of working at School Sport Victoria. You might have noticed that we're really excited by the athletes that have come through our Team Vic pathway, the athletes we're calling Team Vic alumni. These athletes have gone on to be elite athletes and even wear the green and gold and represent their country and become an Olympian. We're pretty excited by that. So we knew there were life lessons to be learned by talking to not just the athletes, but the people who are support staff and have played a significant role in these athletes becoming who they are. So enjoy this short podcast series called Behind the Athletes as we dive into the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, as we talk to parents, coaches, teachers, principals, anyone who's had a significant part in these Team Vic alumni athletes becoming elite athletes and Olympians. We're really excited and we hope you get lots of lessons out of this short series. Enjoy. Did you know School Sport Victoria offers 650,000 sporting opportunities in 31 different sports? At 10,700 events across the state every single year. That's a lot of kids playing sport. And for over 25 years, the Victorian School Sports Awards have recognised more than 1,500 students, teachers and volunteers for excellence and outstanding contribution to school sport. Now that's a champion effort. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Athlete, and today I'm joined by Lauren Beecroft. How are you, Lauren? Hi, Rev. How are you? I'm good, thanks. That's good. Now we're here to talk about your lovely daughter, Emily. Emily, who's a Paralympic swimmer. Um, Let's talk about a little bit about yourself first before we get into that, and, and Emily coming through the Team Vic program. Let's talk a little bit about you as a person. Tell us about you. Okay, well, um, I live in Gippsland. I'm um, married, have three children. Um, Emily's a triplet. Uh, um, Emily's very fortunate to um, have her grandmother live with her as well. Um, uh, We're a very close family. I work for an organisation called Save the Children, um, which is a child rights and advocacy organisation. Um, we have Australian programs and I work in Gippsland and, the, and I'm the team leader of East Gippsland in Latrobe. Um, my husband also works. He works the, at the Fulham Correctional Centre. So we're, we're very wow. much into the community and human services sector in our family. <laughs> wow. That, is, that would make for some very interesting conversation with you working to save the children for 19 years and the whole... Um, human rights for children and then your your husband talking about the correctional center and working with juveniles is that right is that is that the center he's at for uh, adult um, no he not not it's not a juvenile system, um, justice system it's a low to medium risk um, right. correctional service mm. wow and so emily's one of three triplets that is in itself that's incredible for um, you to raise triplets that would have been very difficult in the early years in terms of just keeping everything going just tell us a little bit about Emily and the, um, the classification that she's in. Okay, so Emily um, was born with a radial limb deficiency, um, uh, meaning that um, her, her, her right arm is, uh, 
she has no thumb in she only has she has four fingers and she doesn't have an ulna um so she sorry she doesn't have a radius um she has the ulna but not the radius but um so she was also born with a hearing impairment so um mm -hmm. she has no ear canal on her left side so she has a um uh, a mild hearing impairment as well and she was born with um, another condition um, called a malrotation of the bowel so she spent her first five years um, in of most of her life at the Royal Children's Hospital having several operations on her on her arm and, and um, uh, some of the other conditions she's also a um, was a severe asthmatic but swimming has helped with um, her asthma mm -hmm. um, and she was the um, out of the three girls, she was the last born and, and um, the smallest. Um, she spent her first four months in the NICU neonatal intensive care unit at Monash Clayton. Um, and uh, um, yeah, from she was a fighter. And I think that shows um, in Emily's uh, swimming career, um, her, her fighting spirit, she doesn't like to give up. <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, it, it comes across. I've just recently watched um, Rising of the Phoenix. I don't know if you've seen that on Netflix. Yes, I do. Have, um, absolutely. Highly recommended to anyone listening that they watch mm. Rising of the Phoenix. It's about the story of the um, Paralympic Games and, and just some of the stories of the athletes, but also the fiasco that happened around Rio. But she's featured in it. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty amazing that they feature these these Paralympics, sorry, these Paralympians. Just tell us a little bit about um, how she got into the sport. She's come through Team Vic Pathway. She's come through swimming. She's been a remarkable athlete. How did she start in sport in particular? Um, so Emily um, is um, – she, 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 Emily, we're a big believer in um, our children doing sport. My husband and I were both um, – we, we had – we played sport in our younger days and um, as we got older as well. And we both met a, a, a great people in the sport and had really great experiences. And so um, when we had children, we thought that's something that we'd like them to continue to do as well. So we had kind of a bit of a rule in our family with the three girls um, doing sport. Um, we, they needed, they could choose two sports, but the rule was that if you chose a sport, you're only allowed to choose two sports per term. And if you chose a sport, you needed to stay in that sport to give it a real go before you decided if you didn't like it or not. Yep. Um, and Emily chose um, netball and athletics to start off with. Yep. Yep. Um, we found that she was a great runner. She was, she really loved running and she actually went to the state championships um, in a relay team for running down at Little Ats um, here. But her sister, um, her sister Kaylee was a swimmer. Um, she started swimming. She wanted to continue. They all did their learn to swim program. They started when they were three years old. Um, the funny thing with Emily was that she sat on the side of the pool for at least three to four months and wouldn't get in wow. the water when she first started. So her swimming teacher was very, very patient with her. Um, and um, she, when she finally got in the water, she, she, she was okay with it. But when she saw her sister Kaylee swimming um, in competition, she saw how the club that Kaylee was in were really um, encouraging and um, they were having lots of, there was lots of fun happening there. And so she thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And Emily um, has often seen, has often um, liked to do things that her, sister has, her sisters have done as well. Mm -hmm. um, so she thought she'd give it a go. And 
that's how it all started. Um, I remember one of the competitions that um, Kaylee, her sister, was in, the Gippsland Swimming Championships. It was um, in Tarelgan and Emily went to watch her sister and um, Kaylee was having a great time and one of the coaches of the Tarelgan Swimming Club was there and they came over and talked to Emily and um, said to her about um, that, you know, that they heard that she liked to, you know, that she had been swimming before as well. And would she like to come along and have a go mm. at training with one of, um, with her sister one night? And um, her, and so Emily said, "You're okay." So she went along, and it all went, it all started from there. So she was very, we were very fortunate that um, the club themselves. That Emily was uh, the first swimmer in the club that had a yep. um, was a swimmer with a disability, mm-hmm. um, and they were very um, inclusive and, and open to, um, you know, supporting Emily. Um, and it was was actually that it was that particular coach um, that said uh, that invited Emily to training that actually said to us um, after a few sessions that you know Emily's got a really strong kick. Do you know that? And of course sport swimming was uh, was a sport that I didn't know much about my husband Mm -hmm. was a was a swimmer in his um early primary school years Mm -hmm. and um but I wasn't and so I didn't know much about like when the coach said she's got a great kick I didn't know what that really meant I just thought oh yeah okay (laughs) that's great (laughs) but that's how it started um it actually started through her sister but yeah she was giving some other sports a go as well she really enjoyed netball um that team environment and as um it was a challenge with emily that netball with with, with catching the ball um because of her her disability with her with Mm -hmm. her arm but she always gave it a a real go um and because she was a, a great runner she was really quick on the court so um, she learnt, Emily learnt a way how to deal with catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, she often let it bounce first and then she would catch it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's how it started with her. Pretty amazing stuff that um, she came through the journey from a young age and sat on the pool and, and probably didn't want to enter. But was there a time when she was doing sport where you thought, oh, hang on a minute, she could become a Paralympian here. She, she could represent Australia. Was it, did the penny drop for you and the family at that point? At any point? When, when Emily was about, after she started swimming, she came home one night and she saw Ali Cole. Mm. Um, Ali Cole, who she's swimming with now, it's, it, you know, it's, it's quite um, remarkable that uh, she's swimming with Ali. But she actually um, saw Ali Cole and she did a project at school and uh, it was about um, uh, elite athletes and Ali at the time was was only young but um, she'd already been to her first Paralympics and so Emily did research on Ali and she came home and she said mum I want to go to the Paralympics one day wow. and I think she was about she must have been about 11 or 12 at the time wow. and and my husband and I said oh that's great Eb yeah you can do that, <laughs> Thinking that you know, now, now get on with doing the dishes and <laughs> get on with your homework right. <laughs> that's, that's you know Nine times out of ten, that's not really going to happen. But, um, but we yeah. do, we were very encouraging, and we've always said to Emily um, and all our girls that they can achieve whatever they whatever they wish to achieve. They just need to put their minds to it, mm-hmm. and off they go. And you know, the world is their oyster; they can do whatever they wish to do, to do. Um, and so that was what we said to Emily: if that's what you want to do, you go for it. And look at that's what happened in 2016. She was <clears throat> for the team. 
Pretty amazing. It must have been an amazing time to to hear the selection, however you heard it, whether it be email or phone call or live stream, whatever they do. But I I guess as a 12-year-old, she'd say that, and let's face it, every parent loves to believe in their child and every Mm. parent loves to believe their child's going to make it. What advice would you give to parents who think that they've got the next Paralympian living with them as a 12-year-old? And you know, what, what would you say from your experience to a parent who is um, listening or if you're having coffee with that parent, what would you say as advice? Well, for us, um, for my husband and I, it was always, it was never about winning or, or um, you know, it was, it was always about being the best person you could be That's awesome. for, for who you are. And so it was always about to having fun. As long as you were having fun, if it was, you know, if you're having fun along the way, that's that's all that matters. And and so it was. Gary and I were always, um, you know, Emily, as as she said, she came home, and Emily's very has a very strong mind and and um, is a very determined child. Um, and so, you know, if if she, all our children, if that's what they wanted to do, we're always behind them 100%. So one of the things that um, I would suggest is that particularly with um, with a sport, you know, we were her parents. I was her mum, dad was her dad. And, and that's the role that we took on. You know, the coach was the coach. Um, we just went along and made sure Emily needed to go to training. You know, it was always, you know, taking, taking her to training, taking her to the competitions that she needed to go to, being able to provide her with the, the resources and the uniforms and the, the sporting equipment that she needed, you know, making sure she had a healthy diet, all those things that, parents do in the background um and but just making sure that you know she had fun along the way and one of the things when we I remember um in 2016 when she got selected for the team we were it was actually that was in Sydney and we were driving back from Sydney and and my husband and I said to Emily you know are you sure this is what you want to do this this is you, you know, you, you don't have to, to do, you don't have to be a swimmer if you don't, if that's not what you want to do. If you want to do something else, we're happy to support you in any way. Um, and so just checking in with her each, each season, we always checked in with Emily, is this what you want to do? Because being an elite athlete also, um, they need to give up a lot. And for Emily being a young teenager and, um, you know, that social aspect of it, where her sisters were going out to, you know, to parties and things like that, Emily wouldn't be going, you know, because she'd have to get up to go to training in the morning and do all those things. So she kind of like, it was always as a parent, it was a bit of a worry about, is she missing out on some of those things? So always just checked in with her as in, is this still what you want to do? You know, it's okay that if if you don't want to do that. So that was probably one of the main things, I think. And just um, making sure that, you know, that, that she's happy. That was our biggest thing. Um, my husband and I, are, you know, we see our success as parents as, as long as our children are happy. That's all yep. that we ask for. That's awesome. Mm. You've said so many amazing things in there uh, just around, um, I guess, the advice you're giving is making sure that, you know, for, for Emily at least, it was always being the best person, um, that yep. you were her mum, dad was dad, and you played those roles really well. And I think that's incredible as well. But you also mentioned that you made sure there was fun along the way. How did you, fun is very important in sport and fun is very important to keep people in sport from 12 to, you know, 30 years old. 
how did you factor fun in? What did you do to foster and continue to, to breed fun into Emily Sport? Well, I think we were very fortunate in that way too. Emily met some great people um, mm -hmm. through, you know, her first school sport championships was in 2010 um, mm. in Brisbane and she met a group of girls that she's still friends with today. That's awesome. Um, and, so she would have been 12 uh, back then or 10 back then? Or? She was 11. She was 11, 11 back okay. then. Um, that was her first one. And, uh, yeah, she, from those um, those girls that she met today uh, are part of uh, her best friendship group, you know, and um, she still she sees them often and, and talks to them all the time. I mean, some of them became Paralympians as well. Um, uh, so one of the things that, um, you know, it was always great. We, my husband and I remember seeing Emily with um, her group of friends, her group of yeah. swimming friends, and there was always smiles on her face. She was always laughing, having fun, and we just knew straight away that this is, this is her where she needs to be. This is her sense of belonging. This is her 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 peer group that she feels good about herself with mm. being around these people. And as a parent with a child with a disability, that's always a concern. As in, how is how is our child going to be? How how will they get that sense of belonging? How will they fit in? And with Emily, there you could always tell that by the way. He, she, you know, smiled and talked about her friends and talked mm. about swimming. Um, you know, so the other thing too that probably helped was Emily's sister swam, was her swimming partner and and, swam, and was her training partner right up until she was 18 years of age. Wow. So Emily's um, sister doesn't have a disability, but she, Emily um, trained with all the able-bodied swimmers because um, she was the the only um, para swimmer in her at well in Gippsland for quite some time, and then um, at at Geraldin, but that did grow um, as Emily um, grew as well. There was we have uh, I think we've got about eight or nine para swimmers um, swimmers with disabilities in right. um, Gippsland now, but um, yeah, it was always you could. You could tell by the way she was walking, the way she, the way that she was moving around, the way she was smiling, laughing, having lots of fun with other people. Which is, I mean, really incredible. But let's put the focus on you a little bit. Let's, you know, if anyone's listening, they're putting all this together. You live in the country. You work mm. full time. Your husband works full time. And mm. might I say, your husband works, and I don't know the field very well, but I've done a bit of work in that field, and. He works in a very high, highly stressful, highly tense environment. And mm. then you've got triplets on mm. top of being in the country, on top of a stressful job. How on earth did you do it for that time? How, how, what, how did you get through? Well, again, we're very fortunate. Um, my parents, the, the, the girls were the first grandchildren. And, oh, so, and so completely my... spoiled. <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and my and my parents were um you know particularly my mum became a main carer of of, right. of the girls when they were younger um because I was working and so was Gary um and my my sister also um she didn't have children at the time but um she's very close to 
to my girls and so we're very we, we're very lucky to have a supportive family and and Gary's um, parents also um, were were very supportive as in they live locally too so they were able to help out so we we relied on our family um, to help us and mm -hmm. so we were very very fortunate in that way that we had that that we had that option yeah which is fantastic mm. how then did you as a mother and and Gary as a father how did you um, keep the balance and I, the wrong word is is keep it fair because it's not really fair but how did you keep the balance with the achievements of all your kids because you've got three you know beautiful daughters and you know they're triplets and you work hard as a family how did you keep that balance mm. so um, with Emily uh, there was a lot of focus on Emily um, as mm -hmm. she was as, as she was younger and um, Kaylee and Madison Kaylee um, is the other was the other swimmer and, and she was a national swimmer as well so right. um, she often got um, you know would be in competitions and things with Emily and and doing well as well and um, Madison also um, she was re really great at netball so she loved netball I guess with um, Emily being uh, playing that role it was um, really important to Gary and myself to make sure that our other two daughters mm -hmm. were given just as much attention Mm. Um, and so often we would, uh, you know, have do, do things as a family where, you know, we'd, we'd have, you know, what would Emily and Maddie, what, what would Kaylee and Maddie like to do? And, you know, we'd go and do special things with, with them. And um, <clears throat> again, when Emily in 2016 was selected on the team, um, mm -hmm. we, we had a bit of, we had a family meeting and, and we talked to um Madison and Kaylee and said, you know, this is what's going, this is what's going to happen for Emily. This is the opportunity that she's got. You know, we need to do this as a family. Um, and Emily, uh, Madison and um, Kaylee, uh, they're very close with Emily, mm. very, very supportive. Um, and they just, there was no hesitant they weren't hesitant in That's any awesome. way. If this is what Emily's got to do. This is what we're going to do and we're going to do it and we're going to help her along with it. So um, they've always been very, very supportive. Um, they've probably also too, because Emily was so unwell when she was young in her first five years of life, <laughs> Kaylee and Madison, um, often Emily would, uh, we would have to go to hospital and we would be at hospital for quite some time and I would always stay with Emily and <laughs> Kaylee and Madison would miss out on seeing her and we could be there for three or four weeks and they wouldn't see mm. their sister. Um, and so they became very protective of her, particularly, wow. you know, when she started going to school. Um, mm -hmm. And Emily was a lot smaller than Kaylee and Madison. So they were very, very protective of her. So they, their relationship was a very, very, is a very, very strong relationship. Um, like even today, you know, Emily arrived in Tokyo yesterday and Kaylee um, was ringing her all day. Are you are you okay? Are you safe? Did you get there? You know, and then sent us a Snapchat um, to say, "Oh, I've spoken to Emily. She's okay." You know, so they're very, very. Um, they've they've got a very strong relationship and they're very close. And that's yeah, very special really and a testament to you know yours and and Gary's parenting as well to to have such a a, a tight knit family because you know from from what I'm hearing, it's it's nice that they're 
all championing championing mm. each other. But it's very, it, you know, let's face it, it can be hard to um, balance the, the attention. And I'd imagine that some of the Absolutely. attention was not just because, you know, yeah, Emily was an elite sports person, but also because of the disability. That would mm. add a layer of complication, having to get her into the car, getting, you know, not getting into the car, but having certain issues around getting her around, getting her into um, teams. How did you go as a mother being so protective and the girls being so protective? I think from my calculations, her first international team was when she was 17. So you need to say goodbye to her, get put her on a plane, hand her to a team. How did that go? Well, her first international team was actually earlier than that because um, she, I think she was about 15 when she went, um, she had to go overseas and that was a really, that was a really big thing. But mm. I guess for Gary and I, it was, um, Swimming Australia were absolutely fantastic. They're really, really um, great with young athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, because she was under the age of 16, you know, there's those legalities in relation to that she needs to have a, have someone with her at all times and things yeah. like that. So um, they were really great. They were really supportive. Um, and, you know, let her, you know, the lines of communication were always open. They were always checking in yeah. with us, um, seeing that we were okay with what they had put in place. Um, the other thing was to, I guess for us, this was Emily, as we said, Emily came home and said, mum and dad, I want to go to the Paralympics. So we, we've got that in our head, remembering that that's what she wanted to do. So, so for her, this, this was, was this unfolding was as normal. This was exactly absolutely. where it was going. To, the, it was going to plan. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And so we were very much like, um, okay, well, this is an opportunity for Emily. We don't know where this mm. is going to go, um, mm. and we're very much into, uh, um, you know, as we said before, being the best person that you can be. So to be the best person you can be, if an opportunity arises, then why not go with it and see where it goes? And so as a parent, though, very frightening because mm. you've got to cut some of those apron strings and and uh, let you, you, your child go. Um, but there's that trust in them as well. And we knew that, um, you know, Emily was very capable. We've always had um, that notion with all our, uh, with, with all our children that, um, you know, as I said, you can achieve whatever you wish to achieve. Mum and Dad will be there to support you 100%. Um, let us know how we can do that, and off we go. That's kind of like our motto. <laughs> Give it which a go. Is, which is great. And before, you talked about, you know, um, you have Mum's role, Gary has Dad's role, coaches have their role, you play your role really well. What advice would you give to parents who have a, an elite athlete with them or growing up with a, a, a child or a, a son or daughter what advice would you give to them to keep those boundaries and to to make sure they play that mum or dad role oh uh, um that that can be challenging as well that's it's, it's really difficult you've got to you've got to know um you know when to step in and when not to step in because particularly you know when you've got a a child that you know that is going to be an elite athlete or that you know that is heading that way there are sometimes, you know, and at such a young age as well, you, you, you know, you're still their parent, and and you still need to be able to guide them and look out for their best interests as well. So there is a really fine line there of when do I step in, and when and when do I let the um, 
you know, just let it go. And often, I guess, for myself, I was very fortunate that, you know, my husband and I were in the, on the same page and, and um, we, you know, our biggest thing was as long as Emily was happy and there was a couple of times there that, um, you know, we would check in with her and say, is this really what you want to do? Is this, um, uh, is this, you know, is this how it's going to be? You know, do you need mum and dad to do something for you? Mm-hmm. We always asked Emily if, if she needed us to step in for her, if she needed us to, to do, um, you know, to be her advocate in any way. And mm-hmm. she would let us know if there was sometimes she would say, yeah, mum and dad, you know, I want you to, I, I want you to, you know, do something for me. But nine times out of 10, as I said, Emily's a very strong, mm-hmm. will, de- very determined child. She would say to us, no, I, I'll do it, mum. I'll let you know if I need it, if I need any help. So I think some of it um, comes down to her personality. <laughs> so she made it a little bit easier for us in that way. Well, I take my hat off to you because knowing a little bit about the, the work that you do, which is advocating for children, also your husband has to advocate for people as well. For you guys to ask instead of just stepping in, that's that I think takes incredible self-control and incredible confidence as a parent. So well done for, for doing that because I think the advice you've given is remarkable, to be honest. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's really, I, I guess um, that's just both my, my husband's and um, our, our philosophy as in parenting is always, you know, yeah. just, just checking in, seeing, seeing things are okay. And, and that's probably why we, um, as a family, uh, we are very close, close-knit family. We do have, um, you know, good communications. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as parents, I guess you, you try and do, there's no book out there that tells you what to do. So. Yeah. True, true. As parents, we kind of like just do the best that we can do, don't we? <laughs> and and let's face it, you guys have done amazing because your measurement is in the happiness and, you know, it's, it's pretty clear from how you're talking about your other kids but also the interaction we've had with Emily, she's pretty happy. Last question mm. for us is sure. how did you balance the importance of education and then Emily having to train as an elite athlete? Because let's face mm. it, with swimming, they're not, it's not, an hour here, an hour there. It's four o'clock in the morning. It's mm. um, eight sessions a day, fitting even a nine sessions in a seven-day week or in a six-day week with a rest day. It was pretty busy. How did you mm. do it all? How did you balance it all? Mm. Yeah, um, I get. So, my husband and I. My, I'm. I'm not a very. I'm not an early riser, so um, <laughs> that was a bit of an issue with me. So what we did is, um, so you're a you know, night my owl. husband always, I am, I'm the night <laughs> owl and um, my husband is the um, early riser. So he would off, he would do all the early shifts and I'd do the, the night shifts. And you were very say. happy with that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, he would, he, he, he would often get up in, in the morning, do the early shifts and go for a run while Emily was yeah. training and things like yeah. that. So um, he, he's quite athletic himself. And so that, that kind of fitted into his schedule. But education for us was always number one. Um, from the, the word, you know, as soon as Emily was born, you know, even though she was in the NICU unit, we would be reading stories to her and, and yeah. um, you know, having, you know, while she was in hospital, it was always, you know, we'd have, we'd 
we'd be doing um, play therapy with her and having a lot of art and craft art and craft activities and things like that. Education in our house is is always talked about. Going to university, going to do things that um, you want to do, and and dreaming big was always a conversation that we had in our house. So education was always number one. Um, so with uh, with with that, Emily always knew that there was a time that she she needed to get her homework done. Um, so how are we going to do that? And so it was we were very fortunate that Emily is very academic as well. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, so you know she was able to do her homework. She would do her homework on uh, you know she'd come home from school, we'd be going out to training, she'd be doing her homework in the car. Um, you know she'd be doing uh, we she when she went to high um, to secondary school, the school was really, really helpful. They had a sports scholarship program. And so they would put things in place to help Emily and her sister Kaylee, who was also mm -hmm. a, a national swimmer at the time, to do, um, you know, to get their homework done, to get their assignments done. They'd have regular meetings with the teachers. Um, and so there was always everybody around Emily um, always put supports in place, knowing that she had this dream that this is what she wanted to do. Um, so in relation to to working that out, and I and my husband and I were also very involved in the girls' education, as in always touched base with the teachers, went to those parents' awesome. interviews, yeah. um, did all those things, and wanting to know that you know how else can we support them with their education, because mm. you know swimming's wonderful and it's great that Emily's an elite athlete, but there is life after swimming as well. <laughs> no. <is there? laughs> <laughs> well, yes, there is. And so it's always, you know, we wh what are we going to do after the swimming happening? And also, yep. because we're always checking in with Emily, is this what you want to do? It was yep. always about, you know, we need to put other things in, in place. So, you know, education is always number one. Yeah, which is great. And it sounds like they're the key for you to get her through and get her at such a great ATAR score and all of that was communication. You communicated with the teachers, mm. you communicated with the schools and you made sure the coaches were aware of some of the stuff as well, which is brilliant because as you are highly aware, sometimes coaches think that that's the only thing they're doing. So therefore they mm. load them up, but you know, you've, mm. you've done remarkable there. So thanks heaps for catching up with us today. It's been such a great conversation and, you know, we will continue to champion para-athletes, multicast athletes, as we talk, we call them, but also just champion Emily herself. We really enjoy the fact that, and proud of the fact she's come through the Team Vic pathway, but we love that she's uh, yet just about to hit the big stage again. So mm. we're pretty excited by that and we'll keep championing that and raising awareness as much as we can. Thanks very much, Raph. <laughs>